What's going on, Spitfires? Welcome to another awesome episode of the Spitfire Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lemunyan, the Spitfire Coach. And today's episode is quite a treat. I am sitting down with Dr. Stacy Mobley, and uh, we dive into so many different topics. It's hard to pinpoint one theme. We just went for it. But before we get into the show, I want to just bring your attention. If you are not already subscribed, you can go and subscribe to the Spitfire Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. Head on over to spitfirepodcast.com to get direct links, or you can just put it in the old Google or DuckDuckGo or wherever you get your uh, your search engine needs met. So uh, here's Dr. Stacy. I hope you enjoy the show. I don't know what it's like really to not think about anything, Lauren. I just have not had that in my life, especially as an introvert. Like there, it's not possible. And so I, I really think I started to experience the guy thing when they can really just sit and think about nothing. Like, and so when you ask me like, what's going on today? Like what? And I'm like, everything and nothing. Everything and then it just clicked with me. I was like, what? I'm in a nothing zone and at least a portion of my brain. That's fine. <laughs> what what is the nothing zone? I'm so curious about this. <laughs> like this is sounding really crazy when I say it out loud, <laughs> but it's like three fourths of my brain has a lot going on. It's like overactivity right now, uh-huh. and the and then one fourth <laughs> of the brain is just like I'm good. I'm just gonna chill. I'm on the beach. I am in nothing land. Oh, so it's more chill than nothing. It li- and for me, as an ambitious person, mm-hmm. and I'm sure like others can relate to this, and it's a process for me to move through this. Sometimes I feel like relaxing and just being is nothing, which is not. It's something, like you said, Lauren. It's so true because we need that time to just decompress, just give our our body, our emotional and physical and psychological side of ourselves time to just like really decompress, especially nowadays. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's definitely not nothing. You're so right. But for my college brain that still exists sometimes, I'm like, I should be doing 20 things. What am I doing? Mm. Why am I doing nothing? And it's like, this is not nothing, Stacey. But this is so true. Like actually, so um, so our, our friend Ebony, we love Ebony. We were uh-huh, talking we, we were talking about the window of tolerance yesterday. Have you heard of this? Ooh, tell me more. So essentially there is kind of this hyperactivity where we're trying to like do the most, uh, get things done, hyperreactive emotionally, um, see high conflict, go, go, go. And then there's hypoactivity where it's kind of what you're talking about, this kind of dejection, um, like I've got no power, no control, uh, checkout mode, but in between it is kind of this like curious space of like, what do I have to work with? What do I want to do? Do I need to move? Do I want to rest? And so it sounds like what you're describing are two of the same state, but in different reactions. So one is reacting in doing and creating and going and one is in reaction to not wanting to do it and rejecting it Mm, I love that Lauren because it's so true how many of us especially right now are in well we're always in one of those states I think especially Mm. if we want to do something with our lives I feel like there and it's a matter of how long we choose to stay there 
I don't know based on what you ladies were talking about if it's something that's completely a conscious choice or not. I feel like a good portion of it could be. Mm-hmm. When someone like Lauren and Ebony is like, look, this is where you are. Okay, now what you want to do about listening? it? You know, <laughs> <laughs> like what you want to do about it? Um, so yeah, because because there is a point of so I feel okay. Let me t- let me say this, Lauren. When you said lack of control or lack of power and loss of control, mm-hmm. that is a big deal for. I be, I believe like the people who we serve, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a big deal. There's some people that are okay with that. They've never really known what it was like to have it, even though we always have it, right? They don't know what it's like to use it. Um, but when we do, I love that state of being in a conscious choice mode mm-hmm. of choosing. If I do not want to give my power to that thing versus a lack of power, you know, in that stage, like, is it worth, you know, me given even, I would say my focus or my time or even my thought space to that right now. Like mm-hmm. if I can't control some aspect of it, like why even put energy there at all mm. right now? Yeah. Huh. So I want to go back to something you said of like, do people even, are they even aware if they have power and control? And I don't know if they know when they have it, but they certainly know when they don't have it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's I, that wanting and that longing and that frustration of, I don't have power. I don't have agency to make the change or the perception of it that keeps people I, stuck. I agree. And what I, and the question that could be reshaped there is how do I, mm-hmm. you know, in whatever stage or state I am begin to practice or exercise or figure out how to step into that. Um, Cause I had a specific situation in mind when I thought about that. So I know this feels really abstract right now, but I was thinking about something specific when I thought, thought about the power thing, because you, you know where we are right now and they're supposedly, um, you know, the job thing with people, mm-hmm. right. For the people who want jobs, like we clearly don't want jobs, even though we turn our businesses into jobs sometimes. That's a whole different story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like the thought process around how money is made and where money comes from, mm-hmm. right? And so thinking, well, I can't do this because I only make this much. So they're assuming that the job or the side gig, if they do Lyft or Uber or something, um, that's the only container that money can come through. Mm. And so it's like, in a way, giving, to me, giving power away. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they could say, hey, how can I make it? Like, I know I got this container that is so cool that I have this container. It's not a bad thing that I have that container if I choose to have it. But yet, how can I create another avenue? How can I let another avenue be created for me? Mm-hmm. Cooler. Yeah. Or who says how many containers you can have or how big your right. container is or how small your container is. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's a process for all of us. Right. Lauren. Yeah. Well, that was the big eye opener for me. I was like, who says like the, the little like bratty five, six year old came out of me. I'm like, who says so? <laughs> uh-huh. 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 It's real. It's mm-hmm. real. I think that's the beauty of life. Like some people see it in the label as a struggle. I'm like, isn't it fascinating? You get to change. 
Yes. But, but imagine never feeling like you could never feeling like you are one of those people who could, that you don't have the permission slip. Everyone else has it, but there's something about you that can't access it. The thing is I'm surrounded by people like that. You know, I grew up with people like that. Most of my immediate family and extended families like that. So they look at me and like, you're the oddball out. Like, Mm. She's like this nerdy girl and somehow she's lucky. And I'm like, oh my God, I am so not lucky. (laughs) Like, it's not about luck. It's about choice, you know? Um, So let's break that down. So in this, in this example, what is luck? How do you think luck is defined? Oh, this is going to sound so cliche, but I'll sprinkle something on top of it. Okay. So it's like, you know, you know, that that quote I'm going to mess up. Um, but what about preparedness? Yeah. Um, plus opportunity, meeting opportunity. That's a part of it, but I'll sprinkle on it. What we just talked about, like that conscious choice, because you can prepare. And then when the opportunity presents itself, you miss it mm. or, but th- th- at the same time, is there really a missing, but you know, that can be another angle of the conversation, but um, I do feel like choice is a huge part of it. And re- and it starts with deciding that you want something different, not mm-hmm. even what you want, that you just want something different. You don't even have to know what the something is. You yeah. don't. Cause I feel like I had more what people would call miracles or exciting things happen where a miracle is basically like when you don't like how the fuck did that happen? You know, you don't know what happened. That's what people label miracle until they figure out. I love that definition. (laughs) It's like hindsight. And I was like, Oh, Um, and so I feel like I had more of that happen when I was like in middle school and high school, believe it or not. Mm. But that's when our brain is like when we're kids, we don't put as many limitations on ourselves mm-hmm. as we do as we grow older. Um, and we listen to society more and them describing who you are or who you aren't and what you deserve and what you don't deserve. And you start to believe it yeah. because I, I don't think that as a kid, I didn't hear those things. I just didn't believe it. You mm-hmm. know, <laughs> it's like, oh, that's cute. Um, anyway, so I still want to do this. And as I got older, I feel like I was starting to fall prey to some of the, hmm, maybe I am. And it's subconsciously, I don't know what it was, Lauren. Like maybe that is, or maybe things have to be this way. And it's like, I just snap out of that because I'm like, what the freak? No, it's not. Mm. Where do you yeah. think it's leaking in from? Okay. When you ask that question, I just saw people in my brain. So part of it definitely is environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think part of it is inertia because when you when you have a certain level of momentum, like you're seeing even small things because people forget to count the small things. The so small things add up to the big things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you start to slow down a bit or you're taking a pause or something doesn't feel like it's going right, um, that's where the stories come in. And mm-hmm. then that can create a little bit of um, unnecessary circles of pauses. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I don't think it's ever really truly being still sometimes. We, I call it the merry-go-round. Mm-hmm. So we go in the merry-go-round instead of going straight forward. Um, yeah. I think parts of that contributed to it. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm curious about this, this image of the merry-go-round. So you get on it. 
mm-hmm. with the intent of something, but it ends up showing up as something else. Mm-hmm. So what's mm-hmm. the intent when you get on that merry-go-round? I'm going to do a fun ride, give myself a break, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. And then I'll hop off. Mm-hmm. And then you start seeing images over and over again. And when we see something, what they say, like what, seven times, eight times, now it's nine times. I heard like 12. To- <laughs> Girl, it's up to 12 now? Okay. I heard eight to 12. Lauren says 12. So 12 times. And it starts to imprint on your brain. And you're mm-hmm. like, the first time you saw it, it's like, oh yeah, okay. Second time, you're like, who's that? Third time. By the time you get to the 12th time, it's like, your reality and mm-hmm. it's like no you're supposed to hop off that merry-go-round in the first or second round you know yeah so it wouldn't have time to get to the 12 to imprint to become any version of truth mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and I think it's it's really important to distinguish that this can work for you or not for you mm-hmm. if it's if it's a passive subconscious imprint that you are tolerating in this reactive or non-reactive state, it is still a decision versus what are you intentionally and deliberately putting in front of you to create a positive, impactful imprint for you in your future? Yes, 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 yes. Slipping out the negative and putting something else in. Well, and and if you are not doing it, somebody else is doing it for you. Yes, ma'am. Oh, you said something and it really triggered a thought. Um, that I feel is really important as well. And I forgot, but it's so so important. I forgot. (laughs) I'll say it 11 more times, (laughs) but that was so true because we really, it really comes back to the power within us. Oh, I remember now learning. Okay. So I remember. So, and the thing about those imprints is sometimes those imprints are bubbling up from our past, from our childhood. Oh yeah. It's not many times it's not the new stuff mm-hmm. it's just it's it's things that are coming up the voices that have been there in the back of your mind but for some reason you haven't been a, consciously aware of it and it's just it hits you a different way mm-hmm. when you've positioned yourself a different way yeah. um in life like when you have the momentum the voices are like not as important anymore because you're just like oh well that voice says this this voice says you're not enough because of blank 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 but look at all this stuff happening in my life right now like this is evidence that that doesn't matter but when you're taking that pause slowing down that inertia that voice comes out again you're like well hmm maybe that's why this didn't work maybe that's blah 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 and it's like no it's because you're not you know making a choice a conscious choice to do something different see something different and most importantly be something different or just get that inspired action going again Mm -hmm. well so even in what you're saying there there's a level of judgment there of how things should be there's an expectation versus maybe we weren't ready yet what don't we know that we need to find out what is it that we're exploring or where have we taken risks that we need to try again. Um, and I think even approaching it of like, this is how it should be is setting us up for this kind of downfall merry-go-round. And how often do we do that? All the time. And then, and then you have people label it. Even we start labeling it. I must say we, I'm like a royal we. The royal we. Not necessarily for people listening, you know, Lauren and I. 
Um, but we're human. So, and sometimes when I say we, I am including myself too. So like we label as procrastination and I have, I have like really dealt with myself with that. I'm like, sometimes mm. it, it is procrastination. Other times it's just not the right time mm. and that's okay. And other times it's like, that wasn't even the road I need to go down period. Mm-hmm. So that was protection. I switched it with another P, you know? Mm-hmm. Can I tell you my theory on procrastination? Tell me. La- laziness and procrastination do not exist. But what you do have is one or more of four lacks. So L-A-C-K-S. So you either lack information, you lack resources, you lack a plan, or you lack the desire. Mm. Mm. So be clear on why it is that you're not doing something instead of labeling yourself as a procrastinator or as lazy. I try not to, to date conversations like this because they can be evergreen, but I will say, oh, we do this when the end of one year and the start of a new year do, mm-hmm. do, is that not an, a common thing that happens? Of course. <laughs> but you know, we've had two years, like one year and two, like we haven't really experienced a new year. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. and yeah but but these are the tricks and the games that we play to make us feel better or worse i will say oh that rhymed i just sound very like um children's book ask (laughs) no mary poppins i am like mary poppins i carry around a bag with lots of crap in it um i do too yeah But like, here's, here's the thing. Like if you can be specific and actually objective about what you're lacking, you can then build a plan and have a more adult conversation. But when we lump it into a big label, then it becomes an excuse and, and then a defining moment on who we are and why we're not successful. And that's the story. That's the old children's story that we play. Mm-hmm. And it becomes a song that never ends. Yeah, and we it's won't just, sing that song, but what was it, the Lamb Chop song? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes, and it does, and it's just like, it's not, and it's just not, it's not, I don't, I'm trying to think of the word, but it's just not, let's just leave it as, it's just it's not. Just not. It's, it's just not, it's just not, it's just not, it's just not. Yeah. Well, since, since we did bring up, you know, the, the dates around the time that we're talking, this is kind of this really interesting uh, lull weird time, but also like loading time where people start like making the big promises for next year and start, um, you know, buying memberships and subscriptions and tools and resources and experts all in the hopes that there's going to be a crescendo catalyst that life will be different because someone else tells them what to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I will say, I'll say that there is something to writing the let's use the word energy because that's what people mm-hmm. use the energy of the time of change, but it's like, you don't have to ride the status quo version of what that looks like in terms of the details, like you described, like those four points. Um, so it's really interesting because it, everybody, we, we do that. We load up on all this stuff. And then by mid-year, we're back to oh you think it's getting a mid-year it's like february i was being i was trying to be generous i, I know you're so be. kind i'm like let's be real <laughs> yes it's true girl in a end of january you know february it's like second uh, week it's of january i'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> but like 
like what you shared, Lauren, really can help, you know, someone listening, like really like those are the four, focus on those four points and those four golden nuggets and you will get way further than if you don't. Yeah. And it's okay if that, and I want to add this too, because a lot of times we, we get on ourselves about this and it's okay if those four points change. Always, throughout yeah. the process they're supposed to mm-hmm. because who you're being is shifting as you step into those steps and so that's natural that's not abnormal so I also don't want someone to get in stuck in what they think was the original plan and I can't detour from that because that is a game we play I think too that can derail as mm-hmm. well I want to go back to you said who you're being not who you are mm-hmm that is some, that is some powerful messaging and words are, are important and powerful. And if we're not using the right ones for us, then we actually are doing more harm, but like you are in a constant state of learning and growing and evolving and who you were two years ago, who we all were two years ago is not the same person as we are today. And it probably will not be the same in two years from now. Yes. Yes. And that's mentally, emotionally, that's physically even like we turn over cells every certain amount of years it's seven years yes so we're like literally different Mm -hmm. new yeah but you know people are holding on to their dead cells and that's why they got so many dust bunnies of old stories and beliefs oh Mm -hmm. i said it (laughs) let it go let Let it it go go. offload it let it go let your dust bunnies go we got if if the last two years had if it didn't teach us anything, it could be just the let it go because you never really know and it's okay. We never know anyway. So just let it go and just live in the present moment and just be, and that's so much easier said than done though. <laughs> I was going to ask you, you know, because it's real simple to be like, just let that go guys, just let it go. But what, what does it actually take to let things go? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. Can we talk about that? We are, we are doing it. <laughs> Yes, we are being in this conversation. Okay, <laughs> so I think first, it's kind of what I mentioned before. And you tell me, like, I, well, Lauren, what are your thoughts on letting go? Ah, well, so I look at, so what prevents you from letting it go? Where does the old story bring you value? Um, so one process, and I don't know if we talked about this when, when I saw you in Florida, um, one process that I'm certified in is resentment release. And so resentments actually sit in our body. They're old stories that we tell and we relive the emotional experience and have a physical reaction to it. And it blocks us from our bigger purpose. So you have to be able to objectively look at how does holding on to this old story or this harm, this resentment, how does it actually help me? Does it bring protection? Does it help me safeguard? Does it allow me to uh, assess risk? Does it have me thinking slower? And so if we can pull the value from it, we can take that with us and reframe and reconstitute what that old story was and let the rest of it go so that it actually becomes a building block rather than an energy or a success block. Mm, mm. I'm just going to let that soak in for a second mm-hmm. because it's so true and it goes, it's, it's a beautiful place to be as well. Right. Because we, we are choosing, we we get to be in the, the driver's seat 
of that. We don't have to wait for anyone to do that. We don't have to go to Walmart or some grocery store. Sorry if you don't go to Walmart, people. Or whatever store you go to, um, Target, whatever. And so we don't have to go buy anything to do that. No. And no one can give it to us either. Like, I think that's where people get tripped up too, is that they expect someone else is going to give them closure. They're going to give them permission. There's going to be some sort of resolution, but it's not until you're ready to release the pain, release the pressure, release the expectation, the perfection, all of that, that you can truly move on and let it go and offload it. I will add to, that's why it's so important to have support around you too. And the midst of even thinking about doing something like that, because a fish, what they say all the time, the fish can't see is on water. Yeah. And, and it's easier to backslide if we use that word for the sake of conversation. Mm -hmm. You're doing all this by yourself. There's a lot of emotion. Yeah. A lot of emotion. There's a lot of everything that you're releasing with that. Even sometimes I've seen Lauren with things like that. You know, you can get, how can I say it? Like with physical health Mm -hmm. can seem to get worse in that time Yeah, before it gets better too, when you're releasing things like that. So you need a container or circle. Yes, for sure. And, and a very, uh, intentionally curated circle Oh, because, Mm because you know, like if people are in that, that venting, that drama stirring, they will actually reactivate the trauma. So Mm -hmm. I would say working with a professional who knows how to handle trauma, who knows how to handle grief. um, This is not something that I would go to, you know, your best friend with because they're going to want to love you. They're going to want to take the pain away, but it's a short-term pain that they're curing, but long-term you're going to keep, you're going to keep reliving this. Yes. Yes. And I will say someone who can speak truth to you and allow and you allow let me flip that and the person can allow them to pull the truth out of them Mm -hmm. because again we go back to those stories and so we can tell ourselves like oh we're actually doing something about this Mm -hmm. and we're not yeah this action of I'm going to uh, or I'm going to a therapist so I'm doing something about it yeah but but there's so much more than to or I'm going to even a, a doctor, uh, a specialist or something for help about this. I'm doing something about it. But if you don't implement and you don't process mm-hmm. and you don't work through the things that come through those sessions, assuming you got somebody like Lauren says that actually knows what the heck they're doing, because that's a whole nother story. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> even with a professional curated team, then then you need to really choose or decide if you're going to use that resource, mm-hmm. use that time wisely. To really take steps forward or hop on the merry-go-round again. Yes. And the self-help merry-go-round is a really tricky one too. Like I can't tell you how many people read a book and they're like, I am, I am woke. I got this. And two (laughs) weeks later, they're doing the same shit as they did before that got them into the mess they were in. So it's, you know what it is? It's responsibility transference. Mm Mm-hmm. Whether it's a doctor you're going to see, a therapist or a book, if you are not taking responsibility and accountability for your life and your choices, it is not up to somebody else to fix it for you. 
Yes, yes, yes. I'll tell you this story on the physical side of it, because um, everything we're, we're talking about right now, really, we're really highlighting the nervous system mm-hmm. as part of this. It's like it's core to what we're talking about. And many times it's not just our stuff. It's generational oh, things yeah. as well. It's like built in that. So sometimes some things may feel for um, unfamiliar that you're feeling. And a lot of times it's not even our own stuff, but we take, we take ownership of that stuff and we don't take ownership of our own stuff as well, in addition to that self-help circle. And so that's one thing I really find interesting. So that's why when I, when, when people are going through certain things, I'm very, we mentioned this before, Lauren, too, about how words are really important. Mm -hmm. So I am depressed. No, it's, you're not. No. No, you have to rephrase that. Or mm-hmm. I am a diabetic. I, I do not. It's like, no, that's why I love Latin based languages. And, and school you Spanish is an example, right? See? So it's like the estoy and soy. Yes. I love because it's like, oh my God, I had a whole discussion about this like two years ago of the difference between a star and Sarah. Ooh. So to be in both cases, one is temporary and one is permanent. Girl, yes, yes, it's, just, it's so real. And it's like, I, you are in a temporary state of fill in the blank and yes. it's not even yours. It's just the choices that you made up to that point. Mm-hmm. But because you made choices up until that point, do not judge yourself, do not be hard on yourself. Use that energy to make different choices. And now you have a professional team that can help you make those different choices and don't lose sight even in the the wings of your professional team of your own intuitive power Mm. on top of that right yeah so it's like it's just it's just like I'm just sitting here like oh my god this is so beautiful this is what it is like to be in as human yeah this is the intentional design so like this past year I have been all about like building my team and like getting very clear on what I'm intentionally designing for myself And constantly, like on a daily basis, twice a day, assessing what worked and what didn't work and what I want more of, what I want less of, what I want to attract in. And I'll be damned, like everything is clicking. It doesn't mean that I haven't felt like really intense discomfort or felt really intense pain. That's what the healing process is. But I've been able to uncover all of this old story that has just been sitting under the surface that I've been tucking away, hoping nobody noticed Um, but in the opening, in this expansion, you're also like allowing all of this other stuff to breathe, to see at the surface, to then release. Mm, Say it again. Release open love. Yes. Cause it's like, people try to skip over the the discomfort and as if it's a bad thing, it's Mm -hmm. a part of the process. If we, if we kind of take a step back from personalizing so many things, like we said, we love to personalize the things that don't belong to us and like not take personal responsibility of the things that do belong to us. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is the discomfort really like out to get you? Is it really like saying, I'm going to come get Stacy? I'm going to come get Lauren. No, it's just a part of the process. It, well, it's just, and let's flip that even more. So if the discomfort was actually an ally, what would it, it be trying to highlight for you? Yes. Yes. It's like, because in in, in many ways, it's telling you things that we just talked about this in another way. In many ways, it's highlighting the things that your team may not be able to necessarily do for you because they haven't lived your life. 
And that's the beauty. Mm-hmm. That's well, the beauty of it. And they're not meant to, because it's your, that is the part that you have to own. Okay. Back to personal responsibility, right? Yes. but we all get to play a role in this change Mm -hmm. and we all have a role to play and it to me is all a starring role like you're the starring role and it's like awesome you never get um I was never in drama club but I see you know I've seen those movies where you know they're all trying to act for the starring role and you know for for the most part only one person can be chosen for the role it's like you're always chosen for that role Mm -hmm. it's like you're always you always get that role so it's like exciting and so now you just gotta start you know just looking and seeing how you want to play that out yeah well Um, and and be your own hero but also know that like in the hero's journey you need to have allies and you're gonna have antagonists in the story because that that's what provokes the change can we talk more about the intact i'm taking over like (laughs) can we talk about this yes And this is why, like, when people are like, I don't want these people in my life. I'm like, but they're there. So why are they there? What are they there Mm -hmm. to teach you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And this can have, and we have different times during the year where this can be extra highlighted, right? Like over the holidays can be one time of the year where that can be highlighted. You're like, wait, why? <laughs> but like you said, but every everything and every person can serve a purpose mm-hmm. if we allow them space to. And it, it's just really interesting because you can take the the lesson and and this is gonna sound harsh, but whatever. You can take the lesson and leave the person. <laughs> oh, for sure. And I do all the time because I'm like, oh, you are not for me. But that story, I get it. Thank you. <laughs> and and the reason why I say that is because. Sometimes, like when people come and like, oh, I'm so stressed out. Like, what supplements do I take for this? And then the more I get into, like, tell me what's really going on. And I always ask, like, what happened two years ago and one year ago, like mm-hmm. from whatever they're experiencing. And without a doubt, it always involves some kind of humans. And so, and then it's just like, you know, we need to talk about boundaries and we need to talk about all this other stuff. Like, there is no supplement for boundaries, there is no supplement for um your childhood trauma there is no supplement for a lot of those things so yes we can give you things to support your physiologic process through that healing yet there is some some pull up your big whatever panties on stuff that you have to do too that won't fit in the bottle if you're wearing some panties <laughs> right right okay, i love it like in the air so i'm like i love it yeah it's just like, cause a lot of times, and that's a way that they're giving away personal responsibility. Yes. Um, some people have been groomed to give away that. Mm-hmm. So they don't know what that even looks like from a child up. They've been groomed to, to not understand what self is and what is identity mm-hmm. is for themselves. Like it's a part of their parent, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's sure. another Well, I mean, if you look at it, like, I I think it was like from like six months to age seven is like when we establish our belief about ourselves in the world. Mm -hmm. And so any, any child, whether like you had the most perfect relationships with your parents and your siblings, like there's always trauma. And if you have actually, I, 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 the person that I got certified from 
with the resentment release, she actually said she has this theory that children who experience trauma in that window have access to more intuition. Mm, I can see that because you're in that self-protection. So like you are just more hyper-aware of like energy of people of risk of other things. And so if you don't learn how to convert it into working for you, you become very guarded and defensive for most of your life. I can see that. I can see that. And it's just really interesting. Like there's so many components of this. And so that's what many, it reminded me of how identity is so important and not identity in the way we necessarily talk about it in America. Yeah, just we're not check boxes. Some, right, exactly. But just having some sense, however, that looks of self. Mm-hmm. And it's never going to be complete because we're growing and learning and becoming adults with some sense of self and some sense of, of that it really helps for mattering. I always joke with my friends who know where their family comes from, even when we think about cultural self, right? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, my, my family was brought over a boat. Uh, one-way ticket um in a way and and we don't have any idea of where we come from our background and I I always felt like a part of that was I always wish I knew that part of myself like we can guess to me because you've seen me so you know like okay she she has a little bit of pigment there so we, we have an idea of where she comes from um but it would be nice to really to pinpoint that, but I can't. So I always feel like that's a void that as I get older, I have a little sadness around. It's really funny, Lauren. Like growing up, it was like, oh, okay, whatever. I'm American. And I, don't get me wrong. I'm glad to be here now. I'm sorry for the way it happened, but it's like, dude, I'm glad to be here. We have our own mess, but I still, I travel all over the world and I enjoy my time in each place that I go but this is always home. But at the same time, I wish I had more of that connection mm-hmm. um, and understanding. So I always find it really interesting when people do and they don't seem to really appreciate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I understand that. Um, not, not from the specific example that you're sharing, but like from a family perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this is just recent and bringing it up is, you know, I was around a very like, loving, like tight knit family over the holidays. And it really was apparent to me how much I did not grow up with that. And there was grief. There was lots of grief attached to that of this longing for a family, this longing for connection and unconditional love and in the way that it was expressed, um, and that identity that comes with it and the safety that comes with it, the knowing. Mm, I love that. Do you hear what we're saying right now, though, mm. is going back to everyone has some form. Everyone has of, it. Everyone has it. No one's immune. There's no special snowflakes. Some may be more intense than others in terms of the, what the void is and what the trauma is and what mm-hmm. fill in the blank is. But the, it, every human has it. Um, because what you mentioned is so powerful. And it's just, it really makes a big difference in how we show up, even in our friendships mm-hmm. moving forward, how we show up in romantic relationships. Cause then we, if we don't feel like not saying this is you, Lauren, cause I know you're like, you're at another level than the average human. I feel, um, we've talked about that, but, um, it's just like, 
they start looking for that unconditional love Mm. in other places where it's not meant to be given to you. Like, I don't care what anyone says. A romantic relationship is not a place for unconditional love. Like, wait, say that again. A romantic relationship, even friendships, but that's not a place for unconditional love. It's Mm. conditional. I'm sorry. I don't, well, I'm not sorry. It's, it's conditional. And I don't know why, well, as we just talked about why, where people expect that unconditional love or it's just really distorted Mm -hmm. and it puts a lot of unnecessary pressure on people involved Mm -hmm. and a lot of unnecessary strain. Yet, what you just talked about, Lauren, about the antagonist and how it highlights, if we choose to look at, okay, what is this highlighting for me? And what am I going to, what am I going to do about what is highlighting for me? Mm-hmm. Like you just talked about that, right? Yeah. Then it can shift some things, but yeah. Yeah. So oh, I want to, yeah. I want to ask you this. So where does the unconditional love need to come from? <sighs> the best it can, I feel like, cause it, I mean, we're dealing with a whole bunch of humans and we just talked about even if they're, we label them as parents or grandparents or whoever raises, like will raise you, mm-hmm. like they're still humans and they still have all of their stuff too, mm-hmm. but the best it can from that, that set of people, like parents or whoever raised the, the person, the human, mm-hmm. um, but as best as, as best it can, because a lot of times our parents, our grandparents, whoever raised us, our adopted parents, they are still working through their, their stuff. Mm-hmm. They are still projecting their stuff. Yep. A lot of times, but as kids, we don't know it's a projection. So that's why we personalize it. Cause we don't always know, like, just because mommy is acting like that doesn't like, that doesn't define how, how my level of self esteem mm-hmm. um, or my level of self-worth. But if that's the person we're connected to and we're seeing every day, you know, that's what we're going to define. Well, when mommy does, when I'm trying to think of an example, let's think of like a narcissistic mm-hmm. parent, because that's like the best, most extreme example, even though there's a spectrum within NPD, right? Um, but like, if, if, if mommy, if I don't do this for mommy, she's not going to give me a hug. She's going to ignore me or not listen to me. But if I do what she says, then she's going to love me. So then this person's going to grow up and may be a people pleaser, mm-hmm. right? And so they're thinking without even re- people requesting it, that if I go overboard and do all this stuff for them, they will love me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is it? Yeah. Is that really true? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to go back to the question then, because you, you told me where it should come from, but we know that that's not possible. No, so what if we are our epicenters of un- unconditional love. That's the only place we, we can't, cause we can't, we cannot, we can't. Um, I'm trying to think of another word because depend is not sitting well with me. Well, we can't control um, others. No, we can't at all. At all. At all. Mm-mm. We can barely control ourselves sometimes. But <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So, yeah. But what could that look like? Trusting. Because it's one thing to know yeah. that we are, we are that. It's another thing to trust. And believe. And feel safe. 
and, and in that, yes. And believe in that. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's speaking the truth and then acting on the truth and holding your word with yourself. And I think that's where it breaks down the most. So imagine disappointing someone else by promising and not delivering, but then flip that on. What are you promising yourself time and time again and not delivering on? Mm -hmm. So how do we start first by keeping our word with ourselves? And what came to mind, which is why I had a moment of silence with that too, is because sometimes we don't go back on our word to other people. We would go over and beyond for other people mm-hmm. and still fall back on our word for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what, not in a facetious way, but what makes them more important than you? That's a great question. And I think it's one to sit with. And then you come back to self-esteem. I think it's all it's all based on what is the worth that you see within yourself and where do you show up in the rankings of the people around you? Mm, this is good. Mm-hmm. If you are not at the top, who are you surrounding yourself with? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause my friends got real pissed at me when they found out that I was not at the top of my list. And that's key. Are you, are you hearing that? Because most people's friends would get pissed at them if they're not at the top mm-hmm. of the list. That's, that's Hello. real friendship. <laughs> they're like, what do you mean you put someone else before you for years? Mm-hmm. Now let's not even talk about friends, family, family, be pissed if they're not at the top of your list. Yep. Oh, I, I don't know if you saw this. So there was an Instagram post, um, I think from a, a psychiatrist or psychologist that said, It was like phrasing things of like, if someone ever says after all I've done for you, this is not love. This is manipulation. Hello. Hello. And there's so much more manipulation, gaslighting, et cetera, happening. That's being labeled as love. Uh Uh-huh. So you got to define what love is Mm. first for yourself and then raise your bar for the people who label it that, that way outside of you. Mm-hmm. which means you may have to clean a little house. You're definitely going to have to clean house. And when you do that, we just tie it with this, we this back full circle, right? There's going to be some grief. There's, there may be, sometimes you might be like, good riddance. I, I am glad to know I'm not obligated mm-hmm. because we, we also think love is obligation. Oh yeah. And like, geesh, it's like, no, because it's, it's not that. And so if they can release that, that's a huge weight. Yeah. But you have to have clarity in the definition to know what Mm. your standards are, to know what your values are, to know where your bar is, where your boundaries are. And then you can rise to the occasion. You see what I mean? There's no supplement for that. None, no bypassing it. (laughs) There are no hacks. There is no magical pill. Like your high blood pressure came from something. Something. Sometimes it's. Sometimes it's genetics, something mm-hmm. in the body, but uh, thank you. That's why I tell people a lot of the times your genetics play very, a very small role in it. It's like, what are you, what are you tolerating? Yeah. Uh, yes. What, what are you feeling obligated to? I get in those questions with people because I'm like, let's, let's talk about the me. Sometimes I had a, a medical assistant a long time ago. Used to be like, Dr. Dr. Stacy, like your people come out either pissed or crying. <laughs> And I don't mean not, to do not it a good that look way. for the waiting room. <laughs> right. And I don't mean to do it that way, but it's like, I feel like it's such a blessing for me when someone chooses to see me 
Mm-hmm. And so it's my duty to create a space for whatever needs to come out. Cause sometimes they come out doing nothing because it, it's not the time for it. Yep. Um, but it's like, people are being told fluffy flower stuff all the time. Mm. People are being told like all this generic crap all the time. I just don't feel this a service. It's not. I mean, it's a service they're getting money for because it's a short-term fix, but it is mm-hmm. not a solution. Mm-mm. So that's the question. Do you want to feel better now or do you actually want to resolve it? And that's it. And it's still, but you asked the question, you didn't make a statement. So that's still their choice. It's always a choice. And, I and that's power. And it's not even about getting their power back. Cause I always find that statement interesting. Mm-hmm. Like stress management is interesting to me. I'm like, why would you want to manage? This? No, I like, want to resolve it. <laughs> I want to reject it. Thank you. I hate using that phrase because I'm like, what does it make sense? Um, But it's it's the same difference. It's like you don't take take your power back. You never lost it. You're just not using it. Yes, yes. You're you've just covered it with other crap. Yes, you're removing mask and mulch and all that stuff Mm -hmm. so that you can see it again. Yes, because. I always, I always find it really interesting. That's why I feel like people that feel like they're not enough or this imposter syndrome conversation is always interesting to me mm-hmm. because I'm just like, well, if, if, if you were not that important, you would not be going through all of the things that are, you're going through to have your purpose, your vision, whatever, fill in the blank, destiny, what you want to call it delayed. Mm-hmm. Like nobody would think twice about you. And when I say nobody, I mean, humans, spirits, whatever, everything. Cause it's a mm-hmm. whole, it's a whole nother ball game. We don't need to get it. We don't have to dive in on this show necessarily. And it's like, if you were not that important, if you were not more than enough right now, as you were born into this world, why would you be going through all that? I don't care about things that aren't important. Mm-hmm. We don't give energy and the focus and and all that to something that's not important. So you must be some version of important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, why am I wasting my time with this conversation? Yeah, it's just somebody does not, or something does not want you to realize that. It could just mm-hmm. be you, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, and, and so whenever I, I, I can't tell you how many clients I've had come to me saying that they're dealing with imposter syndrome. And I was like, great. So that's not what this is. Um, this you. is not a disease or disorder. This is a lack of confidence in evidence collection. So are we ready to do that? Cool. Let's go. Yes, girl. Hop off the merry-go-round. Bye. All right. See, this is where we click. Cause I'm just like, what is all these labels? Like, what is this? Like, okay, oh, I great. hate it. I hate the self-diagnosis and I'm sure you hate it too. Oh my God. Yes, I do. <laughs> it's like, let's look at your symptoms. Cool. So that's not the root issue. Yes. Yes. Let's talk so about true. what's really causing this. Great. <laughs> Jesus. I'm going to pull you out the rabbit hole. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. And we could go on and on. And, and I'm sure if, if uh, people wanted to keep listening, we would, and, and we definitely need to do another show on, on all the ways that people self-diagnose themselves and, you know, <laughs> then bring you into all their energetic bullshit, but you know, <laughs> yes, <laughs> we love it. <laughs> <laughs> we had our own experience with it and we're like, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's what we, I put it We bonded about. over someone else's foolishness. It was great. <laughs> yes. Because it, it just when you see it, you're just like, damn. Like, like, no. No, 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 no. 
all my one word responses. <laughs> just like, no, just no, just no. No. Yeah. And don't feed it, you know, like then you get your circle around. Like you said, your, your intentional circle, cause they're not going to feed that shit. They're not going to feed it. No. And they'll probably leave you at your table. Cause they're like, you, you are in some shit. Why don't you get that cleared up? Because <laughs> with the people on my face, I'm like, you got three minutes. I mean, I'll give you three minutes. Mm-hmm. But after that, we'll set the timer and I'm going to come back when I hear it go off. And then we're going to get to the real stuff. Yeah. You know, who's really good at the tough love? Who? Ebony. Oh, yes. I was going to say that. I was like, you're going to make me cry now. (laughs) You're just going to let me sit in it. (laughs) And it's like succinct tough love. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's like one word. (laughs) Yes. like, okay. Okay. But I'm giving you the end. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> well, Dr. Dr. Stacy, we have been yapping up a storm and this has been amazing. I'm trying to think of like, the, what is our theme? And we've covered like 17 in this, in this conversation. <laughs> I love it. It's been fun. It has been fun. Thank you for, uh, for your time and sharing your wisdom. And if, uh, if the listeners want to learn more about you and, uh, get some, some tough love and tears or anger, <laughs> Where should they go? They should go to LinkedIn. That'll be the easiest place to find me. Um, right. And just let me know how you know me because I may not accept your request. I'm working on it, Lauren. I'm working on it. Oh my gosh, we got to talk. That's what our next show is going to be about. How to expand your network. <laughs> how to let down your walls. Yeah, so if you want to stalk Dr. Stacy, I'll put the link in the show notes and say, I heard you on Lauren's podcast so that she'll connect with you because otherwise, apparently, the wall is very high. I'm like, who are you? How do I feel really honored that you let me in. <laughs> this is childhood. This is childhood stuff. Oh, yeah. On our next conversation, we'll be breaking down childhood trauma. Yes. <laughs> Actually, you know see, what? I probably should do like a live resentment release and see, see how that goes. Ooh, that would be, that'd really, be cool. Laura. That'd be super cool. Um, I would need permission big time because there it is an emotional process for sure. Well, I'm glad you're doing what you're doing and being of service in that way. It's so needed. It's always been needed, but even more so now. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm doing the work I was supposed to do. So I'm like, yep, alignment, mm-hmm. we're here. And we're, we're not going anywhere. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again for your time and for all the Spitfires out there. You keep being awesome.